just thinking about praying and how it is, how the song reminds us that it's, it's easy to forget to pray. And it's a, it's a communication we have with the living God. And as we've heard all our lives, that it doesn't matter what time of day or night or condition we're in, he's there to hear. I think it's probably his greatest desire to to hear us. If, if we're sincere in our prayer, he hears, and and we can maybe take it for granted or or forget many times that that's the case. But it is. Shall we open our service in a word of prayer? Our dear heavenly Father, we thank you for another beautiful day. Another day when we can contemplate and consider the things of eternal life. Look into this living word. Handle it with our hands, as as the word says in John. That it's very real, it's very near. It's very much for us each and every day. We thank thee for even these facilities, the community 
offers us and we can gather here and freedom and power of this word. You don't have to fear bad consequences for gathering here. We can look into this word for answers. We pray for our speaking brother this morning that this word would be precious to him and holy to him and and that we could all learn each of us has trials and troubles different from one another the answers are all there give give us answers for our trials and troubles give us answers for those, those mysteries that seem to come up in our lives misunderstandings all these things we would want you to watch over our nations, our communities, our schools. Even this little gathering here this morning. And though we be few in numbers, we rest on that promise that where two or three are gathered, Jesus has promised us that he will be here in our midst by and through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for all these things. We thank Thee for the power of this word. We thank Thee for the joy of salvation, the forgiveness of sins, that knowledge that sins are not held against us if we believe. Hear us now as we pray together that most perfect prayer Thy Son Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We'll continue with 116.
May we be greeted this morning with greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God, our Heavenly Father, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know why this, as George was talking about prayer, this thought came to my mind. He said that we pray sincerely, and we do. And I think that if we're doing that sincerely, we do it with a humble heart. And as much as that is very contrary to our human nature, it is something even to be thankful that God asked us to come humbly. This morning I was doing chores and and I see the results of the sun shining in certain places and there's a big block of ice and where the sun's shining, it's half gone already. And it hasn't been overly warm. And I can see that there is power in in the sun. And we know that and understand that. It gives warmth and light and provides what is necessary for even plants to grow and live. And then we have astronomy that tells us that it's just a very small star in the middle of, and I've seen pictures and how they know this, I just have to trust that they do. And the Milky Way galaxy is just one little spot out on the end of one arm of that. And that's one tiny piece of the entire universe. And we understand how small we are. And then we are asked to believe that the one who made all that Here's me. And he does. And to me that is humbling. And that we could be given to understand that it is a privilege that we can humbly take advantage of. That we are cared for, loved by the one that created Everything that we know and see and even that we don't know and see. And it is indeed a great privilege. And if we question that, we have this word to look into to see what he provided for us through Christ. And that he puts great value in our care and in our stead by providing salvation for us that when we leave this world and we leave this life we have the knowledge that we're going to someplace where we can be with him without these things that we deal with here these problems these sins these failing flesh the, all these things And I think that it, to me, it is humbling. For a text this morning, I will turn, I hope that your prayers would be that God would give the ability to look into this word. And there's two portions of scripture that I'll read from, and, and I pray that. It's more than in my mind that they are tied together and that God can 
allow there to be clarity to that and that we could be fed and encouraged. I'll turn first to the 16th chapter of Exodus. And I will start reading at the 13th verse and I'll read through the 21st verse. Reading in Jesus' name. Sorry, from the 14th verse. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given us to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, and omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of the Lord did so, and gathered some more, some less. And when they did met it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave it till morning, notwithstanding they hearkened not unto Moses. But some of them left of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them, and they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating. When the sun waxed hot, it melted. And then I will turn to Ezekiel, to the 47th chapter of Ezekiel. And I'll read, starting at the beginning of the chapter, and I'll read through the 12th verse. Afterwards he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward, for the forefront of the house stood towards the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward, and behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. And the waters were to the ankles, and again he measured a thousand, and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. Again he measured a thousand, and brought me through the waters, brought me through the waters were to the loins. Afterwards he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, he be, when you, now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river there were very many trees on one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out towards the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which, being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. There shall be a very great multitude of fishes, because these waters shall come hither. For they shall be for healing, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. And it shall come to pass that the fishes, the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Englem. And they shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish, shall be, their fish shall be according to their kinds, and the fish of the great sea exceeding many. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. And by the river upon the banks thereof, on this side and on that side, 
shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaves shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruits according to his months, because their waters they issue out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and, for the, and the leaf thereof for medicine. Amen. These portions of scripture, the one in Ezekiel, we can read it and see that it is speaking about spiritual matters. It speaks before that of the temple. When we look at this portion in Exodus here, we understand that it is written as a literal account of what happened at that time after they had came out of Egypt and they were in the wilderness. And I don't know why this portion of scripture and around it, it struck me. I read it earlier this week and I even brought it up in Bible study because it speaks so much about human nature, how God tells them to do something and they didn't do what he said. And I think that we can read those things and we have the, I guess, benefit that we can read through books in the Bible and we can watch even the occurrence over many years and it's in a few chapters perhaps. And our minds can say, my goodness, how can these people be like this? I mean, just before what we read here, they witnessed all the plagues and how they were miraculously taken out of Egypt. They lived and witnessed God parting the Red Sea for them that they could go across and destroying the Egyptian army and Pharaoh. Just prior to this, they were without water and they came to water that was bad and God gave Moses instruction how that it could be made that they could drink of it. And then they are complaining. And it seems very quick, and it, and it is. And yet I'm sure if we honestly look at ourselves, we can have happenings in our life. And yes, we as people tend to rate miracles. And I don't think that any of us have experienced anything on the level in the natural sense of the parting of the Red Sea. But if we look at our lives, and if we put it in this context, I heard, I believe it was Ralph Davidson one time, he was speaking and he said that in reality, if we look at anything that happens around us that we don't have the ability to do, it is a miracle. And yet these things happen on a continuous basis and so we get complacent and stop looking them as miracles and just look at them as things that are happening. I spoke of the sun shining and melting the snow and, and we as people understand that that brings about new growth and life and we can put seeds in the ground and they grow and become plants. We do not have the ability to put life in some little thing this big that can grow and produce a tree or grain or 
whatever it is, it is a miracle. And yet we can overlook those things and we can overlook the care that God has and I can just point at myself. I can look back over my life and see very clearly in many places how it is that God took care of me, protected me, uplifted me. And I can see that so clearly often. And yet, I can look ahead at something that's going to happen later in the day or perhaps next week and think, oh my goodness, how on earth am I going to get through that? Or my mind starts questioning, will God really take care of me through that? And perhaps we have to do that, or I have to do that, to stop and think how ridiculous it is that God would take care of me and all these other people that I know about and then all of a sudden just quit. And we understand perhaps that that can happen because people turn away from God and God turns his back on them. And perhaps it is that we, as Christians, look a little honester at what we are and we have the benefit of God's word and that spirit. And we struggle because we see that we are sinful beings. We fail constantly. And we understand that in reality we do not deserve the grace and mercy and forgiveness that God has blessed us with. But the word tells us that if we turn to God, if we humbly come to him, he looks at us as holy and righteous and as his child because of what Christ has done. And I believe that this portion here in Exodus, it can speak to us it, is, it speaks of them getting manna in the wilderness. We look at this world around us, and I've heard old ministers speaking of this wilderness of sin that we dwell in, and I think it is a good analogy to look at in the context of this. This is not our home. We have songs, and there's places in the Bible that it, it speaks of that, that we look for another dwelling place. We are here temporarily. We understand that these children of Israel they were in that place in the wilderness temporarily. Yes, because of sin those ones, all of them that were that older generation except for Caleb and um, Joshua they died in the wilderness. They did not go into the promised land. And we understand that this body, it stays here. It doesn't go on. And yet, in spite of the fact that they were in the wilderness and had no ability of themselves to feed themselves, God provided. And when we read that, I think we can understand and we can be encouraged that 
God can provide for us naturally, no matter what the situation is. Maybe this is just me, but I read portions in, in Revelations, and it speaks of <coughs> things that God has laid out and said that this is going to happen before the end of time. And some of them can seem quite troubling to our natural mind. There's the portion in there where it speaks about having to have the number in the hand or the forehead or you can't buy, sell, trade and all these things. And my mind says, how on earth are we going to get by? It doesn't make much difference that or these people in the wilderness here. God provided. And I think sometimes, yes, God expects us to use our heads and to reason. But I think sometimes we can let that get away with us and we start thinking that we have to handle everything and make sure that we do things properly so that it gets handled. Instead of just trusting God. And I think oftentimes if we do, just as it says, be still and know that I am God. If we just be still and let God handle the situation, it is in those times where it seems most hopeless, like when they were on the sea there, the Egyptians were behind them and the Red Sea was in front of them, that they were able to witness one of the greatest miracles that's recorded. And do we sometimes overlook those things or not experience those things because we decide that we're going to handle this somehow and come up with our own solution. I believe that this tells us here that how it is that God can provide for us and how it is that we are to take advantage of that provision that God provides for us. It says that when the dew lay upon that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. I think that we can look and understand that every morning God provides. He provides sustenance for this undying portion. His word is there. And these people, they went out and it was there. We are to look into this word. We are to look into fellowship around spiritual matters. It is there. We don't just sit and, and God just comes and fills us. Yes, at times it does feel like that. But I think we are to be diligent and it is why we are encouraged to look into God's word. It is why we have been blessed with this Bible. We can look into it anytime. We have the privilege in the world that we live in that it is, I mean, probably all of us have one Bible or two or a few. And we have the freedom to look at them most any time we want to. And if we look back over history, it is a privilege 
There's many people that did not have that. There's many people throughout history that didn't even have the ability to read or the understanding or the learning. We are privileged people. And let us take advantage of that and go and look and see what it is that God has provided. He has provided food for our undying portion. And he gives it new every morning. We know that these people, the whole time they were there, until they crossed into the promised land, that manna was there and provided food for them. I think that we can, in the New Testament, in the one gospel, Jesus says, I will be with you until the end of time. We can be absolutely sure that until either we pass away, we die to this life, or else the world comes to an end, that God will provide that food for our undying portion that can give us life. And we know that it tells us that they were able to walk. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. They didn't have the sicknesses that there was in Egypt. And I think that we can be encouraged with that. God will provide what is needed as long as we walk in this life. But he encourages us, and this lays out here, it says, And the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. It isn't something that we can come up with on our, on our own. God provides it. And it is his spirit that opens this word to us. <coughs> that makes it new and fresh for our souls and for our hearts. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. We understand that we have different, we are different people. God told them that they were to gather it every morning according to their eating. And I think that some of us, if we look at how we walk, yes, there are some people that tend to eat more than others, but even individually, there's some days we eat more than others. But it also tells us that there was no lack and there was no over. God provides the right amount for us. And we are to go and take advantage of that. All these people had to do was go outside of their tents, it would appear, and, and gather it off the ground, or off the grass, or how, I don't know how exactly how it worked, but they were able to do that. We have that same privilege spiritually. We can look in this word. God has given it to us. We can read it. And he has given us that spirit that it could provide for us. It said, and when they did met it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. 
They that gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave it till morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left it until morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. I think this tells us that we cannot live today on what God provided yesterday. God has said he will give us faith for the day. We can't go out and gather for tomorrow. And we are told not to try to hang on what we gathered yesterday and, and use it today. That it, it will cause problems. It doesn't work. That isn't to say that we don't have portions of scripture or look into portions of scripture that we can um, not read them again. That we read something and that's it. It's just for today and then we move on to something tomorrow. What I'm saying is that it isn't, we can't say, well, I was in faith yesterday and God provided so I can just be today and it doesn't, that's good enough, what happened yesterday. God does not want us to live that way. God wants us to look to him daily and each morning to see what it is new and fresh. He knows what we are going to face each and every day. And he provides. We see that these people, they didn't listen to Moses. And it says Moses was wroth with them, and God was upset with them too. It says, and then they gathered... Every, and they gathered every morning according every man to his eating and when the sun was hot it melted I think this tells us that that is how we are to do it we are to live day by day God gives faith for each day and when it is that this life ends and we are if I say faith becomes sight these things that are necessary for this life, they will be gone. We will not have no longer need of things to sustain us in this natural world. This natural body says it goes back to the dust. Yes, we will be given a new body, but it is different. We can read in Corinthians there where it speaks about the different bodies. Bodies celestial and terrestrial and, and of fish and, and humans and all those things. We understand that the things for this life, it is for this life, and we are to walk day by day, trusting God. And when this life's over, this will melt and pass away. It is how it is. And then my mind turned to this portion in Ezekiel that I read here, and I believe that it's speaking about much the same thing, but it gives us a little more depth and explains how it is that God uses us with this word. And it is speaking before this, if we read the chapters previous, and even the beginning of this, it is giving a description of the temple in great detail. And if we look in Corinthians there, it says these words that, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. 
And when we read the detail of how God told to um, build the temple to Solomon, and then how it is here that there's great detail given to Ezekiel about how the temple is, we can come to understand that God cares very intimately about every detail of how he made us and the purpose that he uses us for. And that there isn't something that was accidentally put there. And that we can trust that he knows what we are. And it isn't in our ability to do these things, but it is because the Spirit of God dwells in us that these things happen. And it says that towards the east, and the waters came out from under on the right side of the house, at the south of the side of the altar. And I believe that this is speaking of this word of life. Remember Jesus talking to the woman by the well, and he tells her that whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give him shall not thir- never thirst again. And they shall be waters, living waters that shall flow out of your belly. I believe that this is what it is speaking of, as the children of God. Yes, as I said already, we are to look into this word, we are to desire that living manna. But we also understand that God uses us that we would share what it is Christ has done for us. That we would share of that living word. Those words of life. And they come forth from us. Because we are the temple of God and God fills us. It said, and when the man in the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the ankles. I think it is something to remember. We can look at what we are able, I don't know how to word this, what we share, what Christ has done for us, how God has taken care of us. And sometimes it can feel like to us that it's not that much. That what is it that I can offer to help somebody else? And oftentimes it doesn't seem like much. But we read those stories about, or stories, we read the parable of the, the, um, the talents. And we see that those, they were not, we're not to just hold it to ourselves, we're to share it. We're put it, put it out there and it grows. And I believe that it grows in importance, not only to us, but it can benefit those around us. And the depth that we have grows in that also. And I believe that it is speaking about the same thing here. As that word goes forth from us, God provides increase. And I believe that the other thing this is telling us as we read through this, that we see that it gets deeper and deeper until it's a river that we can swim in. And I would encourage all of us 
to not be content to, if I say, just dip our toes into the word. To just dip our toes into this word of, this water of life and leave it there. We are to, we are encouraged to grow in depth and come to the point where we, as it says, would swim in it. That we cannot even touch bottom anymore. We have to completely trust that it would carry us. I believe that that is what God wants from us. Paul, I believe it's in Hebrews, that the writer, he, he gets after them. says, um, this is in the fifth chapter of Hebrews. It says, for, for, when, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which, the first, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become as such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Paul gets after them for not growing in depth of their understanding and knowledge. And we understand that that's the spirit that provides that. But it, it becomes one of those things where I believe we should desire and that it should be on our hearts that we would want to know more of God and want to know more of the depth that he is for us. That we would not just sit there. It says that it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Eneglim, and they shall be a place to spread forth their nets. Fish shall be according to their kind, fish from the great sea, exceeding many. Sorry, I missed a couple of verses here. It says, And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a great multitude of fishes. These waters shall come hither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. Wherever that word of God is alive and moving, it brings life. And we know that it speaks, Jesus tells his disciples that he will make them fishers of men. And I believe that this is speaking about the same thing. And we know how it is that when Jesus come and told Peter to cast his net over, and he did, and it says that there were so many that the nets break. And then he did the same thing after he had risen. But the nets didn't break. And I believe that it is telling us that if we're doing it with how, with, on the instruction of Christ, that we would... Spread this word out, that people would run into it, and that it would catch them, if we say. We don't have the ability to put people into the net. We can't take and shove fish into a fish net, but we can put it there, and they will bump into it. And we can do that by speaking. Oftentimes, it is just by living our lives. But we do it, as it says here, 
They do it beside that river. We do it with the word of God. We don't go out on our own. And this word brings life. It's interesting here how in the 11th verse it says, But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. And, and I believe that that is partly the same thing that it is speaking of when it talked there in Exodus about not trying to save it till morning. This word of God, it speaks of a moving word and a living word. We read in, in I believe it's in Leviticus there, where it speaks about the one bird being killed over moving water. And the blood is dripped into that moving water. That blood of Christ is in this word, in this water of life. And it moves. But if it is just sitting stagnant and doing nothing, it says that it doesn't heal. And, and I think that ties in with that parable of the talents. We know it speaks of that one man who he took his one talent and he said he just hid it in the earth. It didn't do anything. And God is upset with him. It says that he is cast into, well basically it's he's cast into hell. And that is given to others. I think we are to have this word fresh and new and understand that it moves. We can't stop it and hold it. And I think we understand as we get, even as it says here, it was to the ankles and then to the thighs and to where it was to swim in. We could almost think that it is so small that we could almost dam it off and stop it. But if it's a river that you can't cross and is so deep that you have to swim in it, I think it's easier to understand that we can't stop it. It moves. And we are to just go where the word would lead and take us. And trust that it is God who is directing that. It is the spirit that shows us where this word is leading us. Or maybe gives us the faith to trust that it is leading us to where God wants us to go. And it says, by the river, upon the bank thereof, on the side, there shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaves shall not fade. Neither shall the fruit be, thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to the months, because their water they issued out of the sanctuary. And the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and for the leaf thereof for medicine. I think the first thing that we need to notice in that verse is that this water issues out of the sanctuary. It comes from God. This isn't something that we come up with, and if it's something that we are coming up with on our own, there's a problem, and it's not going to be food and bring healing and life. It is only when it comes from God. When that Spirit of God dwells in a heart, and the Word comes forth, then it can bring life. And it can bring healing. And we know and we can read how that it speaks of healing and 
all those things that comes from the Spirit moving the Word, or the Word moved by the Spirit. And yet God uses us. And when I read about here how it speaks of this tree, my mind goes back to the, to the very first psalm. And it says these words. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whithersoever he doth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doth shall prosper. If God is in, dwelling in us, if we are a child of God, and I think if we read this, it doesn't say it directly, but I think it is speaking and encouraging us to stay near to that river. It speaks of these trees growing beside the river, that even in dry times, they still are given water and can grow and live. I think it is that we would be encouraged to stay close to this word. That it would be precious and dear to us and that we would want it near. And when that is how it is, it doesn't matter how dry the times get or how much of a desert it would appear around us spiritually. We have access to that water of life. And when we do, it says that whatsoever we do will prosper and that our leaves will not fail. And it says that, sorry, and it will say that fruit will grow. We understand Jesus says that we are encouraged that he is, and we are the vine and he is the husband. And that we are to bring forth fruit, fruits of the Spirit, not things that we do. And if we are living with that Word of God, if it is precious to us and new each morning, and it is the desire of the heart that we would experience those things, and that we would have a desire to look into this word. God will bless that. He will provide that water. He will provide that we would grow and that we would produce fruits that others could be encouraged and fed. It says in the leaves they're up for medicine. And that we could help others to be healed of their sins. How does that work? It is the essence of the message that we are encouraged to preach. Jesus at the end of the gospel said, Go forth and preach repentance and remission of sins. That we would encourage others to turn to Christ. Trust in Him. People deny it. People want to justify their way around it. And it isn't just people in the world, I think it's human nature. 
But when the Spirit reveals to a heart, and if we are honest, we recognize we are sinners. And we would, God encourages us to encourage people to turn from that. Turn to Christ. Believe that what Christ has done and the blood that he shed on the cross paid for my sins and he paid for your sins. And they are covered in that. And God sees us as holy and righteous and pure through Christ. I pray that we could have hearts that would want to be near that river, that would want to be fed new and fresh each morning, that we would recognize yesterday is gone. The faith that we had for yesterday, it is gone. And we can be encouraged by it that see that, yes, God took care of me yesterday. He can take care of me today. And if he gives me tomorrow, he can take care of me tomorrow also. And he can use us to help others. That others could be encouraged. Whether they be brothers and sisters in faith or whether they be someone who's in the world. That their hearts are seeking. Or perhaps even if they aren't seeking, something would touch that heart that it would seek. That they recognize that, wow, I am living in a barren desert. And here are these people that seem to be refreshed constantly. That we could tell them, it isn't of my doing. I am refreshed through that word, that water of life. Through what Christ has done for me. But he has done it for you also. May God add his blessing to his word. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we humble our hearts and receive the benediction? May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, I don't know what people want to, but just selfishly, this um, pancake supper Thursday evening, so I'll probably not be at Bible study, and a few others of me not be either. So I don't know whether we just want to forego it for this week. Is that okay with people? Or? Okay. Okay, well, we'll just forego the Bible study this week. There's potlucks for anyone who is able to join. Should we close with 